I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget mine agony, lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed, guarded thee whilst thou slept. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Let me like Mary through the gloom come with a gift to thee. Show to me now the Shake hands with everybody. Shake hands. All right. Welcoming each other to the service. All right. And when our arms are tired, join with me, if you would, page 125. Actually, song number 125. Jesus paid it all. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I
But if you don't mind, let's stand up. Page 377. Page 377. Stand up for Jesus. What? I got 377 highlighted as the one I normally see. Okay. Everybody else likes the other one? That's fine with me. We'll do that. 
cups and up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with days we're going to sing the other stand up for Jesus. <laughs> so thank you. Maybe see it. Uh, I like the other one too. It uh, has a different tune to it. Same words, just a little different tune. And uh, well, it's good to be saved today, isn't it? And on our way to heaven. And I'll tell you what a glorious day to serve the Lord and to be here in his house and around his people. I've enjoyed the fellowship already this morning and seeing some folks we haven't been able to see for the last couple of weeks. And uh, there was one Wednesday night here a couple of Wednesday nights ago where I was the only one here. And uh, it was uh, different. I'll have to say that. It's hard to preach to just a camera and nobody here. But uh, glad to have some folks back. And certainly it's been a joy to see God uh, work in the lives of our people. And uh, certainly excited to see many of you back in, uh, in church. I know many of our folks are feeling better. I've made a lot of phone calls and uh, texts and uh, just finding out uh, updates on people and uh, hearing that uh, most all of them, it sounds like at this point, are doing better. And we thank the Lord for that. And uh, God's been gracious to us, hasn't He? Even through uh, all of the sicknesses that has been going on the last year or so, uh, that He has spared our lives. And, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that if it were not for God's mercy, that we would be consumed every day. And we don't have the guarantee of another day. And I'm telling you, I, I think we ought to rejoice in every day that we get to serve Him and, uh, and another day to, to glorify Him and to point men to Him and uh, look forward to that day uh, when He's going to come back again. And uh, we didn't make it to the... The point in uh, our Sunday school lesson today that talks about three of the feasts, Lord willing, we'll get there next week, three feasts that God tells them to observe. And boy, I was pretty excited about that because they were um, the, uh, the feast of the Passover, uh, or some people call it the feast of unleavened bread, which uh, talks about, uh, there's pictures, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, His broken body, um, His uh, blood that was applied uh, to the mercy seat for our behalf and so that we could be saved again. And the children of Israel coming out of bondage in Egypt, showing that we uh, come out of our uh, old nature and we're born again into a new life. And uh, then the second feast was the feast of the first fruits. 
And it's interesting as you read Scripture that when uh, the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the Bible says that a number of the graves of the Old Testament saints were opened as well. And many of them walked around for a period of time with Him. And uh, people were able to see them. And uh, I don't know how long they were here for if they uh, went up when the Lord went up again. I'm not sure about that, but uh, it, those were the first fruits. And uh, then it talks about the, uh, the feast that they were supposed to give uh, on, at the time of harvest and when the harvest comes. And can I tell you this? In prophetic history, that's the next thing in uh, uh, that, or prophetic uh, events, that's the next thing that has to happen. Uh, the first fruits have been taken, and you and I are sitting here waiting for the harvest. And uh, I'm thankful that we're waiting uh, day by day, and I hope that we get excited as we see the day is approaching, but I also hope that we get convicted as we see the day approaching. There's so much work to be done, so many people that need to hear, so many people that need to... Um, have you met somebody that's bitter and, and just doesn't want to hear about the things of the Lord? And, you know, God wants us to show His love to them, too. And uh, we need to be busy doing that, uh, drawing men to Him. You know, the Bible tells us, and Jesus told it, told it best to His disciples, He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Me. And I know that was speaking in terms mainly of His uh, crucifixion on Calvary. But, oh, that you and I would lift Him up and present Him to a world that's lost as the answer to the the thing that they're all seeking for. They may or may not admit it, but the truth is they're all seeking for it, aren't they? They all have that emptiness in them. They're all looking for the happiness and the satisfaction that Christ can bring. And we have the answer. Years ago, I heard a story uh, of a group of folks that were traveling through the, I think it was the Sahara Desert, if I remember correctly. And uh, they got to the last outpost uh, before they were to cross the desert, and they were waiting on their guide to show up. And he was a day or two late, and they were anxious to go. And they said, you know, the, the trail through the desert is marked by these 55-gallon drums about every 100 yards or so. And they said, I think we'll be okay. And the guy at the outpost said, no, you need to wait on your, on your guide. And they uh, just decided, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go, and we, we can find our own way. It's well marked. And so they launched out, and they began to cross the desert. And as they... Uh, across the desert, a sandstorm came up, and it covered the barrels. They lost their way. They weren't very far off track, I think only about a mile or so, uh, when they finally found them. And uh, over the course of the next few days, as people were searching for them, two of the folks died, and one of the party uh, survived. They took him to the hospital, and as he recovered and was able to speak a little bit more, they asked him how it was that he survived, and the other two did not. And he said, I knew something that they didn't know. He said, I knew that before we left, we had put fresh water in the radiator of the truck. And every night when they would go to bed, he said, I would go over to the radiator and drink a few sips of water, and it kept me alive. They tried him in an English court and found him guilty of murder because he had the means to keep some folks alive, and he kept it to himself. And I share that illustration because when I heard that story for the very first time, I thought, how often you and I are guilty of that. Here we have the means. We have the answer for eternal life for men. And oftentimes, oftentimes, we keep it to ourselves. We pass by the opportunities. We don't share because of fear or because we're busy or we don't have time. Uh, 
Maybe we're nervous. Maybe we don't think we can do a good job of it. Oh, that God would help us find every opportunity that we can to share the gospel with those that need to hear. And uh, I hope and pray that uh, we get excited about these end times. I'm excited for them. I'm looking forward to Christ coming back. But oh, I am burdened. And I am convicted that we've not done enough yet to reach people with the gospel. There's so much more that can be done. And I hope and pray that we will do that. Well, that's not the message this morning. I uh, spent a great deal of time struggling with what to preach this morning. And uh, we're going to go to Psalm 47. We just preached a message from this. I think uh, was it was Wednesday night or Sunday, last Sunday. And uh, just want to try to be a, a blessing this morning. Sometimes we need <coughs> messages that step on our toes and help us to understand things that we need to change in our lives. I'm thankful that God's Word and God's Holy Spirit still brings conviction, aren't you? Uh, boy, I'll tell you, we need conviction. We, we, need, we need God to show us things in our lives that aren't right. We don't enjoy it, but we certainly need it, don't we? We certainly need it. And I'm thankful there are times that we preach that that happens. And there's times that we're instructed. There's times that... Uh, we have doctrine that's taught to us, or we have some uh, things about our convictions and principles that are taught to us from God's Word. Sometimes we need to be lifted up and edified, and today's going to be one of those types of messages. I began to uh, pray a lot this week about what direction to go with the message today. And with as many folks as we've had that have been uh, down and away from church and physically fatigued, and uh, I understand and know the discouragement of that. Uh, I feel like today this would be the message we would have. Psalm 47, we're going to read the entire psalm, and then we're going to look at some things that I hope will be a help to you. The psalmist writes, O clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises unto our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen, God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness, the princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message this morning. And Lord, may you strengthen our hearts. May you quell the fear and the uh, nervousness and, Lord, some of the discouragement perhaps even that has crept in. Sometimes being away from your word and your people and uh, sometimes being under the weather and not being able to be a part of the services brings great discouragement to our hearts and to our lives. And Lord, this morning we just need to put our eyes upon you for the next few moments. Help us to see you as the psalmist saw you. And I pray that you would help to draw our hearts closer to you. Lord, we could spend a lifetime and we could uh, use all the great uh, vocabulary and skill of all the orators of this world to try to speak of You and try to do it justice. And the truth is, Lord, 
we can never do justice to who you are. And I pray that this morning, for the next few moments, you would help our hearts to uh, be moved by your word and by your Holy Spirit. May you bring great joy and great encouragement to us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to uh, be so burdened in this time that we live. Be so consumed with the task at hand of reaching this world with the gospel. Being able to lift you up to a lost and a dying world. Lord, I'm convinced that the reason so many people deny you and, and do not want to have anything to do with you is because they've seen several generations now of powerless Christianity. They've seen several generations of Christians who, uh, who seem to tuck away their Christianity into their Sunday morning billfolds and they don't, they don't live that life throughout the week. Lord, may we be a people that love you. That we are so passionate and, and so vocal about who you are and how much our lives are changed and influenced by you that we can share it to everybody we come in contact with. May you challenge us today through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist writes here for the nation of Israel, and I want us to understand this at the onset of this, that while I understand that this, this psalm is written in regards to the Jewish people, God's chosen people, the truth is many times God uses the illustration of how He deals with His people uh, to picture and to illustrate how He deals with us individually. <clears throat> Not in every case, but in many cases. And as we look at this particular psalm, <coughs> it's a psalm that is designed to remind the nation of Israel <coughs> excuse me, just who God is, all that God has done for them. And so he begins this with, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And I'll tell you this, it's, it's interesting as I've grown up in a, a pastor's home, and uh, there were times, and I, I hate to say it, but there were times that I endured living in a pastor's home. There were times that I endured going to church. There were times that I endured uh, uh, saying I was a Christian. And uh, up until I was about 13 years of age, and when God began to do a work in my heart as I trusted Him as my Savior, many of those things began to change. Uh, I'm not saying that there's not been some ups and downs since then. We all understand that uh, there are times that there are mountaintops in the Christian life, and you just can't seem to be excited enough about the Lord. And then there's other times that we kind of seem to, to be like, boy, I just don't feel like He's near me right now. I don't, I don't feel like I'm being fed. I don't feel like I've got uh, His closeness and His walk with me like I used to have. And, and we all go through those times. There are times that we go up and there are times that we go down. And the psalmist, again, trying to remind the nation of Israel uh, just who God is and trying to give them an idea that, listen, we have reason to rejoice today. Because God, the God of heaven, is our God. And he begins the psalm with the phrase, Oh, clap your hands. And he tells them, he says, listen, this is for everybody. This isn't just for the few. Can I tell you this this morning? I'm thankful that my Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse number 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I'm thankful that it says in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 13, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad this morning that God is a God not just of a select few or the elect of Scripture that uh, so many try to say, but aren't you glad that God is a God who is willing to be the God of anyone who will turn to Him? And I'm thankful this morning that the psalmist wrote these words this way. 
He said, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. There's a reason for us to rejoice in who God is. I don't care what we've been through. There's reason to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. We may not be able to rejoice in our circumstances. I may not wake up uh, the morning I get COVID or I get sick and be like, Ooh, I'm so glad to have COVID. But I can certainly rejoice in who God is. I can certainly rejoice that my soul has been saved. I can certainly rejoice <coughs> that even should this sickness take me, I will have a home in heaven for all of eternity. I'll tell you, there was a moment, <coughs> I was telling some folks back in November, where I got sick, and there was one day, and some of you have talked about it, uh, you've been through it too, where you thought, boy, I don't know if I'm going to recover from this or not. And I told a few people after that, I said, you know, it was amazing to me, because you always wonder how you're going to feel when you realize, hey, my, my time is short, I'm getting ready to die here. And you know, there was no anxiety whatsoever about that. The only thought I had in my mind that was of any thought, any concern to me at all was, what am I going to do with Jonathan? <laughs> you know, he's going to have to go live with Brother Kenny or Brother Harold or somebody or uh, his mama. <clears throat> and uh, I thought, boy, somebody's going to have to watch that boy. And uh, that was the only thing I thought of. But you know, the idea that I might not recover from this, I thought, you know, I could be in heaven by the end of this week. And as a Christian, there was, in the middle of all that suffering, there was rejoicing there. There was a joy in my heart to think, boy, if, if you know, I think Paul put it this way. He said, uh, he said, I have a desire to depart. He said, it's more needful for you that I stay. He said, I'm in a, a strait betwixt two. And can I tell you this, that when it comes to, <coughs> when it comes to rejoicing in who God is, all the people of the world ought to be rejoicing in who God is especially those of us that are of the household of faith. I am certain that there are trials that come our way that don't make us happy. There certainly are things that frustrate us. Probably we lose our temper and we get angry and even upset about, frustrated and maybe even depressed. But can I tell you, there's one thing that is steadfast and sure that you and I can always rejoice in. And that is who our God is. I'm thankful I have something that can make me happy even in the worst of times. I'm thankful there's something I can rejoice in, even in the worst of times. And the psalmist says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Notice this. He says, Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I love this. Hold your place here for a moment. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. <clears throat> Let's look in verse number 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. And by the way, some people believe that's the great Baptist verse for nurseries. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But uh, it, notice this in verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be, what? Changed. I'm thankful I'm not going to have this old mortal body. Uh, Jonathan, the other day I was walking through the house and I had a, a sore and he's, he looked at, uh, he said, Dad, what's that? I said, oh, that's just a little sore I got. I've had a, a, a scar there for uh, several years and it's probably going to be there the rest of my life. And uh, I'm thankful when I get to heaven, I'm going to get a glorified body, aren't you? I can't wait for that. I, I get a full head of hair, unless uh, bald is perfect, then I'll have a bald head. But uh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I think fat's going to be in back uh, up there. And uh, those of you that are skinny, you're going to have to put on some weight when you get there. 
But I'm thinking I'm going to have a glorified body. No more pains, no more aches. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Because we're going to all be changed. And you know, we're really not going to worry about the physical body that we have or the glorified body that we have. Because heaven's going to be so wondrous to us, our thoughts and our minds and our hearts are going to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he says this in verse number 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy string? O sting, O grave, where is thy victory? Aren't you glad today that the Lord Jesus Christ has already won the victory for you and me? No wonder the psalmist said, O clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Can I tell you this? Not only were they excited about the victories that God had already won for them, they were, they were excited about the victories that were yet to come. They were excited that the Lord was going to fight their battles for us. Can I tell you this? I'm thankful that when I got saved, God not only uh, forgave me of my sins that I had already committed, but He even forgave me and saved me from the sins that were going to be in my future. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Why? Because He's already won the victory. He's already fought the battle, and you and I have given have been given the opportunity to have the, 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 the benefits and to have the blessings of victory that we didn't even have to fight. The Lord Jesus Christ fought it for us. O grave, where is thy sting? O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ went to Calvary 2,000 years ago and won the victory for us. Notice in verse number 2 of Psalm 47, the Bible says, For the Lord Most High is terrible. As a kid, I used to think, boy, why in the world would somebody speak of God being terrible? Uh, this, is, this is the Lord, L-O-R-D, all capital letters. This is, this is God Himself, the self-sufficient one. This is the Almighty. This is the I Am. The Bible says He is terrible. And can I tell you this? We live in a day where when we say, oh, that's terrible, we're, we're thinking of it in a bad sense. Um, you know, sometimes when you eat your spinach, oh, that's terrible. I, like, I hate that. Or I eat your broccoli, oh, that's terrible. Or whatever it is that is terrible to us. But can I tell you this? That's not what the psalmist is trying to get at here. The psalmist was trying to express the fact that the Lord God is so high and so great and so mighty and so just and so noble and so long-suffering <clears throat> that there is none that can stand before Him. Could you imagine trying to stand before the God of heaven? It, could you imagine if He was to walk in the doors of this place today, what you and I would do in His presence? It's not that He's bad, it's that He's so mighty, He's so great, that there is a trembling, there's a, there's a, a lack of, uh, or there's a, uh, an understanding of the lack of our uh, ability to even be in His presence. Isaiah chapter 6, and Isaiah spoke of this. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and he saw the, the throne, and he saw the seraphims, and he, he knelt down and he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. The Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, as the Lord came to him, and he looked up into heaven, and he saw the vision, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? Oh, the Lord is great and terrible. Not in a bad sense, but in who He is. Oh, if we could get our minds wrapped around this. 
that God has done all of these things. He's, he's gone and paid the price for our salvation. He's won the victory over hell and death and the grave, and He holds the keys of the hell and the grave. The Bible says this in verse number 2. He is a great king over how much of the earth? How much? All of the earth. I heard somebody say a while back, well, the devil is the prince and the power of the air. He's the one that has rule over this earth. Can I tell you, Satan can't do one thing on this earth without God giving him the ability to do it or the, or the permission to do it, for him to be allowed to do it. Uh, so many people try to give Satan way too much credit. Can I tell you this? He is not the opposite of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> to be the opposite... He would have to be the negative equal to. He would have to be the, the evil part, but equal to Christ. I'm thankful that He's a created being, and He's only in existence because God created Him in the beginning. He's only here because of what God has allowed to happen. And there's no thing that, that, the, that Satan can do in your life or in my life that God doesn't say He's allowed to do it. Even when Job was being tested, we know this from Scripture, that he could not touch the body of the life of Job without the Lord giving him permission to do so. You say, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, Satan, he's sure been after me. I, this is a terrible thing. Understand this. God's allowed it. And He's done it for our good. Because He feels that He can trust you and I with going through that trial and having faith in Him. He does it because He wants to strengthen our faith and our walk with Him. He does it because He wants to draw our hearts close to Him. Sometimes we get wayward. In the book of Galatians, the Bible talks about, oftentimes, uh, the, the Bible talks about uh, these things. In Galatians 1, it says that there's a point where sometimes God will turn the flesh over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the soul might be saved. There's a time that Satan, God allows things in our lives for no other reason than to try to draw us back to Him. Can I tell you this? He is the King over all the earth. Not just some of it. Somebody said, my, my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But can I tell you this? He also owns the hills. And somebody said He owns all the things inside the hills and under the hills. And He owns all of it. Can I tell you this? All of creation is His. He is King, the Bible says, over all the earth. Notice in verse 3, He says, He, subdue, he shall subdue the people under us. And notice, speaking of future victory... He said, He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. We spoke last week on verse number 4. He shall choose our inheritance for us. The excellency of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah, and the value of you and I getting to a place where we let God make our choices for us. His choices are far greater than ours. In verse number 5, he says, God is gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Gone is past tense. The victory, even in the future, is already done in the eyes of God. Even all of the future battles that you and I must face, can I tell you this? The victory's already won. <coughs> We've read the back of the book, somebody said, and we win. We get to the end of Revelation, and Satan comes and he tries to bring all of the world and all of the earth and all of the host of everything that he has influence over to uh, come and have a great battle with God. And can I tell you this? Satan is not so ignorant as to think he's going to win. He knows he's going to lose. But the Bible says in the end day he's going to have a great battle. And Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to step out there. 
And with the voice, uh, the sound of his voice, he's going to defeat all of the armies. Can I tell you this? The victory's already won. You and I don't have to sit here and wring our hands and wonder, boy, I wonder what tomorrow's going to bring. God's already won the battles. God's already given us the victory. Notice he says in verse number 6, Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our God. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. It's Charles Spurgeon who wrote uh, the, uh, a great uh, commentary on the book of Psalms called The Treasury of David. I love reading his stuff on The Treasury of David. He made this statement. He said five times now in this particular psalm, the psalmist tells us that we're to sing unto God. And he made this statement. He said, For God is great in power. He's lofty in dominion. He's eminent in wisdom. And He's elevated in glory. Can I tell you this? There are reasons that you and I have to sing that oftentimes we don't even know. God is so good to us. God is so great of a, man, of a God to us. Now notice he says here in verses 5 and 6, or 6 and 7, he says there's five different times that we're to sing praises to God. We're to sing praises to our King. We're to sing praises, the Bible says, to the King of all the earth. Not only is our God, but He is our King. Not only is He our King, but He is the King of all the earth. And we are to sing praises to Him in all of these times. You say, Brother Greg, why are we to sing praises to Him? Because He is not a King who comes and brings oppression to His people. He's not a King who comes and dominates and makes these people slaves. He is a King that for the first time in the history of man came to set the people free. And can I tell you this this morning? God has set us free from our sin. God has given us hope of eternal life. He is our King. He's not a tyrant. He's not one of these kings that brings his people under subjection with an iron fist and an iron rule. But he is a king who has come to give us deliverance and to set us free from the bondage that we were in. Oh, what a great king he is. He's the king of all the earth. Verse 9, the princes of the people. Verse number 8, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The psalmist at certain times in his life used to wonder, Lord, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? He got discouraged. He said, I look at the heathen that, that curse you and hate you, and sometimes their life is in better condition than mine. They, they gain things. They have all this stuff that seems like they're getting, and here I am, and I'm in peril, and I, I, I'm in, in the dire straits, and my circumstances are not great. The psalmist was so discouraged in this. And as he wrote that psalm, that particular psalm that he was speaking of it in, he said, then, he said, I went to the house of the Lord and I knew their end. He said, I understood. They might be getting things that they want right now, but oh, they have to look forward to for eternity. Versus what I have to look forward to for eternity. Look with me, if you will, in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter number 2, the psalmist said, God reigneth over the heathen. We sit here today in the day that we live. The last poll number I read on this was that there's 
uh, about 70% of the Americans that were polled do not believe there is a God or do not have any idea that God has anything to do with our lives. That's in a Christian nation. Many that deny God even exists. Many that blaspheme God, they may believe He exists, but they don't believe that He has any power over men or anything to do with men. They deny God, they curse God, they do everything against God. They live their own life, they eat, they drink, and they're merry. For tomorrow they die is their philosophy. By the way, that's the way it was in the days of Noah. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And in Philippians chapter number 2, I want you to notice this. The Bible says in verse number 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath noticed this, hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, what's the next word here? Every, every knee shall bow, and every tongue of uh, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? He's Lord. Every tongue. Does that mean the heathen? Yes, it does. Does that mean the atheist? Yes, it does. Does that mean the person who's mad and bitter at God, that curses God and lives their life in such a depraved manner? Yes, it does. Why? Because He's the great King over all the earth. And there will come a time where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Paul, as wicked as the things that he did in his life. And by the way, have you ever thought of this? Paul was very sincere in what he did. He believed he was doing God a favor and yet was doing such wicked deeds. And on that road to Damascus, I like the way that he worded it. Who art thou, Lord? Paul didn't fully understand at that moment. But one thing he knew, whoever this was, it was his Lord. Can I tell you this? There's going to be some people one day, they're not going to know who he is. But they are going to know one thing. They're going to know that he's Lord. He is Lord. The psalmist said, He is Lord. He reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of His holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of God of Abraham, of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is what? He is greatly exalted. Now turn over to Psalm 63. Psalm 63, verse number 1. This great, great God, the one that time and speech, breath would fail us 
to describe. O God, Thou art my God. (laughs) Boy, if that doesn't encourage us today. The King over all the earth. The One that has already won the victory. He's my God. Man, I might have gotten discouraged in the last few weeks. I might have said, Lord, I just don't know, don't even know if life's worth going through if it's going to be take, take all this. Can I tell you this? You and I can rejoice today that the God of heaven, the one who's king over all the earth, the one that one day every knee is going to bow to, the one that every day, one day every tongue is going to confess that He is Lord. That's my God. And by the way, He's yours too. You know the amazing thing? One day when Jesus was hanging upon the cross... Bible says that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And for the very first time, could you imagine being there that morning or that evening? Being the priest whose duty it was that day to be there. And you see the veil behind it, the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God. And all of a sudden that veil begins to rip. And for the first time, the priest was able to see into the very throne room of God. No longer do we have to come with the blood of calves and goats. No longer do we have to come through a priest or a man. But you and I can come to God any time we want. And say, Father, I have a need. Sometimes we may not even have a need. We just may say, Father, I just want to come and tell you I love you. I just want to spend some time with you. Can I tell you, that's my God. And He's yours too. There are times that our life is going to get very difficult. There are times that we're going to go through things and we're going to get discouraged and we're going to say, boy, I don't know. I just just don't know if I can make it. Remember Psalm 47. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. For our God is king, for our Lord is king over all the earth. Oh, that we can keep this in mind. I hope that today we can encourage your heart. We can leave here today saying, Boy, been rough here lately. But I'm thankful He's my God. I'm thankful He's the one that cares for me. I'm thankful He's the one that watches out for me. Oh, that we can be reminded of this today. Let's stand together, shall we, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we're so thankful for Your Word. Oh, how it encourages our hearts. Lord, there's nothing really of the message today that I think brings great or deep conviction to us. 
but perhaps maybe we just have lost sight of who you are and maybe we need to just have a reminder today. Maybe we just need to have our hearts drawn back to you today. Lord, I don't know what the occasion would be for an invitation, if there's even someone that needs to make a decision or not, but we'll have the piano and organ just play through maybe a verse of invitation. If you've spoken to someone's heart and they need to do uh, business with you or make a decision for you, or maybe they just need to come and say, Lord, I just want to let you know I love you today. To thank you for all that you are to me. Whatever the case is, Lord, I pray that you would allow it to be an encouragement to our hearts, that you would draw us closer to you through the preaching of this passage this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We'll have the piano and organ play through a verse or two of invitation. If God's spoken to you, perhaps you'd come. Maybe you just need to thank Him today for who He is and all He's done for you. Let Him know that you love Him. Father, as we close in prayer this afternoon, I pray that you would bless uh, the message. May we meditate and think upon it throughout this day. And Father, every time that we go through circumstances that are not ideal, things that maybe would trouble or, or burden our hearts, may you allow your Holy Spirit to call to remembrance this psalm. We would rejoice in the victory that you've already given, the fact that you are our King and our God. Dismiss us with your blessings, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.